Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the STG podcast. This today or this episode we are again in studio mode because oh, yes. we are recording at the same time as the last episode. Right. So we still don't have any pants yeah, no. <laughs> because it's extremely hot. Yeah. And uh, now we are definitely old enough to have a beer mm -hmm. and in two episodes we can even buy vodka oh yes yes at least according to uh, according to oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. finish law yeah yeah, exactly. yeah 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 so well i don't know if that matters anything but <laughs> <laughs> we are again here with pietro continuing the discussion about nuclear fusion and we introduced the technology before and we are trying now to get much more deep into what he is actually researching so we let's go into deep into the physics and i don't know at, as deep as you want so welcome back <laughs> hello welcome so it's <laughs> nice to hear from you again <laughs> so yeah. yeah now you're working in uh, in padova on the part of the eater big eater experiment so what are you actually studying Okay, so so let's say the, the physics topic. So I'm studying how to heat the plasma, actually not only heating, maybe we will speak about this later. Um, as you remember from the last episode, one of the problem is to heat the plasma. And we can do with um, uh, microwaves, for example, uh, but also with neutral beam injection. So with the injection of very fast particles in to the plasma, uh, which then release the, their energy to the plasma. So I'm studying this. So exactly the interaction of this neutral beam uh, uh, into the plasma. Uh, I'm doing this for uh, different experiments. Uh, so uh, actually, I am not directly involved in ITER, but I'm doing uh, something which is uh, uh, interesting also for ITER. I am studying this topic for uh, the for some current experiments, uh, for example, for the biggest tokamak now in operation, which is JET in Oxford. It is an European uh, project, a European experiment. Um, so, of course, all the JET campaigns are focused uh, to prepare ITER operation. So that's why also it is important for ITER. Um, I'm studying this topic. I studied this topic also for a stellarator in Japan, which is called um, LHT. Uh, so, so in another kind of uh, magnetic fusion uh, confinement type. And then I studied this because in Padova here, as I said in the last episode, uh, we have a little experiment, a reverse field, uh, field pinch experiment. And we were thinking of implementing a little neutral beam injector uh, in this experiment. So I was studying this also for, uh, uh, for RF, uh, RFX, which is the name of our experiment in Padova. And last but not least, uh, it is very, uh, it's a news from a few months ago that Italy will build uh, one of the biggest tokamak in the world, except of ITER, of course, which will be the biggest. 
list. Uh, its name is DTT, which is uh, which means Divert or Test Tokamak. So it is a tokamak which is uh, focused to study the uh, diverter part of the tokamak, so the power exhaust, let's say, uh, of the tokamak. And I am studying a neutral beam injection also for uh, this uh, new project. Um, so yes, this is what I'm what I'm doing. Okay, so basically now they are gonna build this uh, new reactor, so it's gonna take thirty years. Uh, you mean ITER or no, DTT? No, this one, yeah, DTT. DTT. Uh, so DTT, it should take seven years. Plus so this Italy, is a... so ten. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have a, a lot of to study before you. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So now it's very, very interesting because we are uh, shaping this new injector. So the energy of the injected particles, the power, the direction. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So basically, what, what is the in injector? So you, you inject the plasma. Uh, okay, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. In, into the physics also, not just the yes. image. So we insert the high-speed particles or the other high-speed yeah. The, the gas, the gas to the chamber. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that that early. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we fill the chamber now. Mm -hmm. we, okay, okay, okay. We vacuum first. So first, yes, first you create the vacuum. That's easy. Yeah. So then you insert uh, a little pressure by some valves. So you insert gas. Actually, uh, what I wanted to say is that in, usually in the experiments now we don't use deuterium and tritium because tritium is radioactive, then you produce a lot of neutrons, which damages the, uh, the experiments. So what we do now is only hydrogen plasmas or deuterium plasmas or uh, uh, helium plasmas. Uh, and then, of course, we are able with some uh, models to extrapolate also to deuterium tritium plasmas. Um, so we create a little bit of pressure of deuterium inside the, uh, the vacuum chamber, so the torus. And then we generate an electric field. Uh, there are always charged particles also in the air everywhere. So these electrical particles start to move and to ionize uh, in a cascade process all the other particles. So you create a first a very low temperature plasma. And then with the current uh, flowing into this uh, uh, plasma, uh, which is done, which is given by the central solenoid, as I explained in the first episode, uh, you create this uh, current, plasma current, which uh, heats the plasma up to uh, some million degrees something like this. Uh, and then you increase the plasma volume, in, in inserting more gas, you start the uh, microwave systems to heat the plasma, the neutral beam injection, and then you have your plasma. So the injection is used for like uh, uh, increase the amount of particles that are in the plasma. Uh, it's not the neutral beam injection. So the neutral beam injection, uh, of course, is is fueling also the, the plasma because it is inserting uh, particles which are the same particles as it is in the plasma. So if we have a deuterium plasma, we inject deuterium particles. Uh, but actually, in the future reactors, the fueling contribution will be very low because there, because there will be a lot of particles in this big volume. So the main uh, aim 
of the neutral beam injections is to heat the plasma, so to release energy. So we insert very high energy particles in the plasma, uh, which are then, uh, uh, which create then, which, I mean, they are absorbed by the plasma and release energy. Okay, and this, how are these created, are this? Okay, so this is this is interesting because uh, actually we must insert neutral particles, so atoms, not ionized particles, uh, because uh, as I said uh, in the last episode, the there is a magnetic cage which is the real confinement of the plasma yeah. and if we insert uh, charged particles this is feeling uh, immediately the magnetic field so is deflected uh, and is not entering inside the plasma so it is deflected uh, outside the plasma mm -hmm. so we cannot enter with a charged uh, particle beam uh, so so what we do is to create this very uh, high energy neutral beam Uh, so, for example, of uh, deuterium atoms, uh, we start from um, uh, from a ion beam, uh, and then we um, uh, we accelerate it with the electrical uh, grid, um, giving us, uh, a certain voltage, and this, of course, defines the energy of the beam, um, and then. Uh, you neutralize this uh, ion beam. Uh, you do uh, with uh, some collision with a neutral gas, uh, and then as a result, you have a neutral beam which is injected inside the plasma. Okay, uh, okay, okay. But you don't need any big accelerator for this. Uh, so the system, it's uh, it is big, but is uh, is not big as as big as the the tokamak itself. But actually, it is quite big. So okay. I mean, it, it is at the same order uh, of the of the tokamak itself. Uh, but this is a very powerful and very reliable system. I would say, of course, I'm. Uh, I'm in this field, so uh, I'm a fan of this system, but it is much more reliable than, for example, microwave, which have problem in the um, coupling with the plasma. Uh, how does that system work? How does it differ from this one, the microwave? Okay, so basically you have some antennas in the first wall uh, of the tokamak um, and you inject some uh, electromagnetic wave at the right frequencies in order that electrons or ions can absorb, the, uh, absorb this wave. So um, just very little physics, uh, the particles are moving around the magnetic fields with a certain Larmor radius, so they gyrate uh, around the, the magnetic field lines. And they, so they have a uh, uh, larmor frequency uh, of this uh, movement. And if you inject the, the waves with this frequency, the particles are able to absorb uh, the, um, the power from the antennas. Ah, okay, okay. Okay, so that's, okay, that's not the plasma frequency. How would you... No, no, I mean, it's the frequency of the particles, so ah, it's, okay, okay. it's related to the larmor uh, gyration. Okay. So then, why is it uh, is it harder because you have to 
because okay because the coupling of these waves uh, depends uh, for sure from the magnetic field and in our experiments sometimes we are changing the magnetic field and this of course uh, means that you are not absorbing anymore the, the waves uh, but uh, maybe for a future reactor we will uh, work only with one magnetic field so this is not a problem actually the problem is that it depends uh, on the density uh, so the coupling so the absorption of the power from the antennas depends on the density of the plasma uh, because if the density is too high the waves are reflected so they are not absorbed they come back uh, to the antenna uh, and in as I said in the last episode the plasma is very turbulent uh, so uh, the density is actually changing uh, you have a very steep gradient of density at the edge of the plasma and oh, this thing can uh, modify uh, or uh, also deny the absorption of the waves in the plasma in some in some cases okay so from here comes the re reliability of the other method which yeah the other method is just penetration of this beam in the plasma and uh, ionization of this neutral particle and whatever and that sort of basically always works you know. yeah i mean it's a very stupid method if you want to compare <laughs> with the waves but it's very powerful and reliable yeah. nice nice Sort of sounds sounds in a sense it sounds um, more complicated, but then uh, the results are you know if if they are reliable and you don't really you don't have these kind of specific problems. Uh, yeah. It sounds a lot better. Yeah, actually, actually, also the antennas are quite problematic because you have to put antenna very close to the plasma, and you say uh, you know that the plasma is very hot, so this is not a simple thing. Uh, and also the systems are quite complicated. So there are experiments which installed uh, a lot of power from the uh, from the waves, but then they couldn't really use all the system because of technical problems. So it is not a very simple system also for the waves. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically the idea is that we are trying to decide which one is the best or they are um, in a, So in a, in a certain sense, yes. In ITER we will have all the systems because we want to see uh, the reliability and the usability in a reactor-like experiment. Uh, but then probably the future reactor will have just one or maybe two systems. Uh, I mean two systems because the microwaves, uh, we have three types. We have uh, micro we have waves that hit the ions. Uh, so uh, it, it is called the ion cyclotron re resonance heating or uh, heating, the, uh, heating the electrons, so electron cyclotron uh, resonance heating. Or we have also lower hybrid heating, which is very, it is, it's a bit strange. It's like... Uh, it is. It uses the process of the Landau damping, so it means, like very simply, uh, that the um, uh, the particles uh, see this wave, uh, which has the right frequency, uh, always as an accelerating wave. So it is like to do surf in the ocean waves. So you always uh, you are always accelerated by the ocean wave because you stay on the wave. So the, this is more or less the way it's going to um, to use. Uh, the uh, lower hybrid uh, system. 
And okay, so just to say that for demo, so demo is the name of the future reactor uh, after ITER. We are already studying. I am also studying demo. Uh, maybe we will have one or two systems. Um, I didn't mention the problems of neutral beam injection. Uh, for example, since you fix the energy by the voltage of the uh, grids in the in the injector, um, and the energy of the beam means the penetration of the beam at a certain density. In the first phases of the plasma, where, where you have a, um, a little plasma, you are uh, increasing the volume of the plasma, the density of the plasma is very low. So if you switch on the neutral beam, it just passes through the, the plasma and um, go, is going to release all the particles and uh, energy to the first wall on the other side. And this is very bad, of course, because you can damage the first wall. So you cannot use the neutral beam injection in the very first phases um, of, the, of the plasma. But actually, I'm doing studies on this. And for the future reactors, it seems you have enough density also in the first phases to switch on the, the MBI. Okay, uh, I don't know how much you know about uh, like other part of the reactor, I guess, if we are not directly studying those, but the... Um, okay, now I don't remember anymore how it's called. The, <laughs> the, trash, the trash collector. Ah, diverter. <laughs> yeah, diverter. the diverter, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. So, the trash collector is yeah. also a good name for it. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 it's a good name. <laughs> Diverter is the cool name for the trash collector. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that is for me one of the nicest, more interesting part of a reactor because that's where material problem comes out. Yeah, you're right. And what is the top of the top of the line? Okay. Results on that. Okay, so first of all, diverter comes from, I think, 80s, uh, because before the diverter, uh, we had a torus with a, a circular um, cross-section, mm -hmm. uh, and there was a part of the first wall which was uh, uh, coming out from the first wall and touched the, uh, the plasma, which we call limiter. And so all the uh, interaction of the plasma, uh, of this circular plasma, uh, was concentrated on the limiter, which was in the middle, let's say, of the of the first wall. Uh, so you had a lot of particles, plasma particles, impinging this uh, limiter in a very unprotected area. So as a result, you had a lot of impurities coming from the first wall, going inside the plasmas and radiating a lot of energy. So this was, uh, let's say, a disaster in, in the first experiments. So what we thought is um, not to use a circular uh, shaped torus, uh, but now the cross-section of the torus is more like a, a D letter. Uh, so it is quite uh, elongated uh, um, uh, torus in the vertical sense. Yeah. Uh, and the idea was to shape the uh, magnetic field lines 
to to close and to go to the diverto region, which is the bottom part of this D-shaped uh, cross-section of the torus, and to isolate this part where all the interaction is happening uh, in order that you can pump out all this trash, as Giovanni was saying, um, and to isolate so the this uh, interaction part in order that all the particles coming from the first wall uh, are not going directly inside the plasma, but can be pumped out. And this cleaned a lot of the plasma. And actually, it was so important uh, that they, uh, they discovered in Germany, it was uh, 1982, I think, um, a high confinement mode of the plasma, uh, which is called H-mode. So we, now it is the baseline for all the plasma we run, um, where we almost doubled the energy we were able to confine inside the plasma thanks to the diverter and thanks to this uh, uh, to this new confinement mode uh, they discovered. So it is very important, the diverter. So do you know about uh, materials? Because I did some little bit uh, university, uh, how to say, university course level on that uh, material for nuclear energy and, okay, tungsten is the most used for the diverter and maybe some alloys, but I don't really have extensive knowledge. Do you have some material knowledge on the diverter and walls material or it's not really your field? Uh, okay, so it is not really my field, but I know something because uh, in this PhD about fusion sciences, yeah, science and engineering, we had also some courses on the materials. And uh, then when I go to conferences, uh, there are a lot of talks about materials, so I know a little bit. So what I know is, for example, that in the first experiments, since uh, the, I would say the last decade, um, we were using graphite as the, the first wall. So we had tiles. Uh, of graphite as the first wall, uh, but the problem was that the graphite is absorbing uh, the uh, hydrogen or deuterium particles. So then you cannot control uh, how much particles are released from the graphite ice during the uh, during the plasma pulse. So this is a big problem, for example, in the future reactors as ether, uh, because since tritium is radioactive, you must know how much tritium you have in the plant and is released during the discharge because also of safety issues. I mean. yeah. um, so that's why we cannot use graphite, although graphite is the best material uh, to sustain the heat coming from the, from the plasma. Uh, so the idea was to go um, for uh, a very good, another good material, a little worse than graphite, but still a good material to sustain the heat, which is tungsten. And they are also trying beryllium. So actually, um, tungsten is very, very heavy. So this is also a problem from the structural point of view. Beryllium is uh, much, uh, much less uh, weight, has much less weight. Uh, so now we are using tungsten. Tungsten uh, has a very high melting point. Maybe you remember Giovanni, I think it is around 3,000 degrees. Yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah, so it is actually it is quite good, um, but uh, it is it, it's worse than graphite. Uh, so now uh, the the thing is that is that we have to confine in this diverter region or the interaction because if the tungsten which has very high 
uh, Z, so a lot of charges, is going inside the plasma. Uh, it is uh, ionized a lot of times because it has a very high Z. It is a high Z element. And this is generating a lot of radiation, which uh, subtract uh, energy from the plasma and uh, release to, to radiation. So this is a problem with tungsten. And uh, what else? So, yeah, there are a lot of studies on how to design uh, the diverter and how to design the magnetic field that are impinging the, uh, the diverter. Magnetic field lines are very important because charged particle follows uh, the magnetic field lines. So uh, in, in how you design the magnetic field lines means that you are designing also the power exhaust uh, of, your, uh, uh, of your machine. And this diverter test document, which will be built in Italy, close to Rome, uh, which will address exactly this problem. So we'll create a very uh, high uh, temperature plasma and we'll simulate the uh, condition of uh, future reactions uh, with, the, with the very lot of power going to this, uh, to this diverter. And they will test different uh, diverters and different field lines uh, shaping. This sounds like a, well. This sounds like any other uh, extremely large and complicated sort of scientific uh, endeavor. So, yeah. CERN or ISS or anything like this, where it sort of, it sounds like you have one problem that you're trying to solve, but there's actually, let's say, uh, thousands or millions of smaller problems, which you know are related yeah, you're to right. material science and uh, everything from from you know yeah, chemistry phys to <laughs> physics. Uh. Yeah. So extremely complicated thing, which um, I, I guess when ITER uh, is built and sort of, let's say, completed in air quotes, <laughs> uh, there's going to be crap loads of new things that people know and which means that um, making better and better fusion uh, reactors is something that's going to take at least the next hundred years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I that's that was one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on this, that uh, it's maybe not clear when people say see numbers of this and we are like the ether is projected to cost 10 billion so it's gonna yeah cost, actually it's a bit more yeah exactly yeah. so it's gonna cost more but it's the amount of money that that cost it's not just the cost of the machine is the cost of you discover how tungsten works how beryllium yeah, yeah. works all the alloy you need you go physics uh, on the plasma, you go all the material you need, superconductive, yeah. uh, the coils, then you have all the injector and all this microwave, you're doing research in so many different fields at the same time. Yeah. That if you have one goal, but the goal is just, yeah, okay, cool, now we do fusion. But <laughs> in the way, even if we never get there, if we spend this 10 billion, then ITER is a complete failure and it's never gonna work. We anyway did so much research and we discovered so many new things in different stuff that is. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, sort of the, I, I guess, at least in Finland, the favorite uh, thing that poly politicians talk about when they talk about science is how can we use that? How is it usable? How can you, you know, make money off of that? How can you actually use it for anything concrete? And this is... Um, so imagine that the whole ITER project fails in the... I mean, it doesn't... It doesn't really produce energy or something something uh, 
something happens that it, it can't be considered a success, well, it, it can still be, like Giovanni said, it can still be considered a success because at least, even in the opinion of, of uh, politicians who really know nothing about science and, and how science actually should work and the ethics of science, uh, it's still going to be a success even from their point of view because there's going to be so many um, so many good things for already uh, for for fields that are already there, and it might even sort of spawn new, very tiny fields, uh, in like between material science and and you know plasma physics, something yeah. related to these kind of things. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, science, and uh, <laughs> well, uh, I have. If uh, do we have any? I have a like a closing uh, kind of kind of stupid question to yeah. close the thing, but before. <laughs> Do you have want to? I don't know. Do you have something interesting about your experiments that you want to say, or other questions? Uh, well, there would be many, many, many things, of course, to say. Uh, no, I want to, to stress what you were saying. I mean, they, we have a lot of um, relation with the local industries, for example. Uh, so a lot of money which are invested on fusion then goes to the industries because we, we work together for, uh, all, I mean, all the technology we were mentioning, of course, uh, first they are researched here in the institutes, but then they are produced uh, and, uh, let's say, standardized uh, uh, for the industry. So, uh, I mean, it's uh, really um, rich and powerful uh, field you know, of the science. Yeah, it's not just that uh, the science is, you need someone that makes yeah. uh, the final product. So that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not only that you're really giving it like directly, those money are not just spent in crap randomly. <laughs> it really goes to then small businesses that can also themselves kind of evolve mm -hmm. in, the, in their knowledge. Yeah, exactly. So then I can go here with the, the question is something that for sure most of the people think when you say we have fusion, we have this big container and we put a plasma that is a million degree. And then we say that the tungsten that is on the wall, it's only can sustain 3000 degree before melting. Yeah. How is that possible? <laughs> okay, so the thing is that uh, we are able, and actually this was one of the things uh, we were learning and studying, um, to concentrate most of the hot plasma in the center of the torus, and then the temperature is, um, is going down to very sustainable temperatures when you approach the edge. So actually the hot core of the plasma is only the center of the plasma, where most of the uh, nuclear reactions will happen in a future reactor, while the edge of the plasma uh, is, uh, is has quite low temperature and also lower density. Uh, when I mentioned before the high mode confinement, the H mode, uh, this is working so well with so high performances because you create what is called a pedestal in the edge. So it means uh, um, an area which close to the edge with very, very steep gradient of uh, temperature and density. It means that uh, outside uh, there is uh, very low 
plasma with very low temperature and inside there is very uh, high temperature and a lot of plasma particles and this part with very steep gradients is called pedestal so you really separate the confined plasma inside uh, inside the, 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 the torus with very hot plasma producing nuclear fusion particles with the uh, very edge uh, plasma, which is maybe 5-10 centimeters from the first wall, this part uh, of the plasma. And so you really separate the, the two regions. So actually the plasma particles, uh, which are close to the wall, are not so, um, uh, so warm. Uh, of course, there are some particles coming from the center and escaping for some instabilities of the plasma, but these are very few. And the neutron... Are they considered hot particles? Or no, we don't consider neutrons as plasma particles because the plasma is only from charged particles. So this is a side product of the nuclear reactions. So they are energetic particles, but they are not hot particles. Uh, yeah, I mean, they are energetic. Yeah, yeah, they are energetic particles, but um, they don't interact with the, with the other plasma particles because neutrons does, yeah. do not interact with the plasma, uh, but just they release energy in the world. And overall, uh, maybe something that sort of the layperson who hasn't studied physics or related fields doesn't know that uh, temperature is is um, it's a statistical uh, quantity. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It doesn't really have anything to do with any energy of of single particles. So if you have yeah. less than hundred particle, you can't exactly. you can't really talk about uh, temperature. Or you can, but it doesn't mean the same thing as a hot piece of pizza yeah also yeah. it's uh, that that is uh on the physical part is that you have something hot even whatever hot piece of something if that that material has to give the heat away to be considered hot exactly something that at a certain distance so if the plasma is not irradiating ir or anything that can keep the heat outside and anyway, it's in vacuum and it's contained, so there is no way that the heat goes outside yeah, of the plasma. Yeah, in. yeah, then no interaction. Yeah, no way. Yeah. I also I also want to add that uh, like normally in our life we are um, uh, bombarded from uh, high energy particles from the outer space uh, like uh, high energy particles, so, so to Jeff uh, uh, order of energy. So I mean, this is this doesn't mean that if a particle is very energetic, is releasing hot, uh, it's, it's it's hot for our uh, skin. For yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the point. That um, the heat is mostly IR radiation for us. Mm. Yeah. So it's a microwave. It's not hot. Yeah. Like in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you are in vacuum, there is no, you don't tra transfer heat in vacuum. Like yeah. uh, there is yeah. no air. So it's a it's a concept that. That was the, the point of the question. Is is it's cool because if you know how physics of plasma works, it's easy, of course you understand. But this the concept that is not so easy to understand. Maybe if yeah, yeah, it's a familiar. very very nice question because it's uh it's it seems like there's a contradiction. You have billions <laughs> of degrees and then something that only can you know stand three thousand degrees. Why yeah. what? Yeah, and that's basically <laughs> because we think about things in a very um, like everyday matter yeah 
But actually, you, you must think that there are also the coils which are superconducting, so like 4K of temperature in uh, one meter. So you pass from uh, 100 billion degrees to 4K, so minus 270 degrees yeah. in a few meters. Yeah, it's quite, it's extremely interesting how you go from <laughs> almost uh, uh, the lowest temperature you can go to, Yeah, I, I don't say the highest you can go, but... Uh, no, no, that actually uh, is more than the center of the this uh, our sun. What what we confine in our plasma? So the difference of the temp. Well, uh, okay, <laughs> this is another one of one of those things that you are going from from zero to one million. But I mean, the zero is not that difficult to compare to a million. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to get to almost zero Kelvin. Yeah. Well, okay, easy. <laughs> again, but, yeah, if you know how to do it, it's not that difficult. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we. We can conclude again the second episode, so mm -hmm. we can try to escape the heat. That is the real one. Yeah. Yes, the air is hot now. Yeah, the real heat. <laughs> you really feel it. So thanks for real this time. Exactly. Join us. It was very interesting. And thank you. I, I, I have to say I learned a lot. I mean, yeah. I have never sort of. Uh, I have no idea about the um, um, engineering part of, of fusion. Only everything I know about fusion is from astronomy, so it's completely unrelated to... <laughs> it's a natural fusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, it was very interesting, at least for me. Yeah, it was very interesting. Hopefully it's uh, been interesting for the people that will listen to this. And, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I forgot to tell it in the last episode because we were not really ending. <laughs> so... Uh, it's the context I guess is still I don't know if it's still active at this point because it's been two weeks but mm. it, the first one who writes us on Twitter is invited to the episode I keep saying that until someone writes to us <laughs> and still haven't happened at the moment we record this but uh, yeah well Twitter is um, at stg underscore podcast if you are interested and well with that we can close this thanks pietro again for yeah thank you very much thank you you guys it was very nice and see you next time bye bye bye, bye. bye.